Hello, everybody, and of course, welcome back to another very special episode of X Talking Ish with your boy X and and Ish. What up? You already know what to do if you are on Facebook. Please make sure you like and share this broadcast, please, so more people can tune in to us talking a lot of ish about sports. And if you are on YouTube, please make sure, you, of course, you hit that subscribe button and please make sure you hit that notification bell for future shows. Ding. Thank you for that ish. And as well, if you are on Twitter checking us out on Periscope, please make sure you check us out on X underscore Williams81 to follow my Twitter page to check us out on Periscope. Alrighty then, with that being said, it's gonna be a pretty uh, fun episode of wrap up of week one in the NFL. Ish. Let's go ahead and get straight into that action, boss. Action Jackson last night, you know, if, if you do follow us on Facebook and YouTube, of course, you know, we came on during Monday Night Football halftime and we talked about what we saw in the first half and the first half was just the beginning of what we were going to see in the second half when it comes to nothing but a roller coaster. I mean, this game was back and forth, back and forth and not just in the regulation time period, but also in overtime with both of these teams. Ish, you started off first because it was a lot going on in this game. Go ahead and start us off. Um, I mean, we came on at halftime, and I basically told you, you seemed kind of down on the Raiders, and I was telling you, like, man, you know, they've been, they've been gaining momentum on the defensive side. They were stopping the Ravens consistently, uh, getting a lot of pressure on Lamar. And then, um, you know, David Carr seemed to find a rhythm towards the end of the first half. Uh, especially the way he was targeting Waller the whole time. Uh, so, you know, for me, it was just like, bro, it looked like it was trending in the way of the Raiders. And lo and behold, that second half, sure enough, the Raiders, they just, they found a way to win. And that's the crazy thing about it, right? Like both teams had opportunities to win that game. And it seemed like both teams yeah. were trying to lose, to lose the game. The game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then no one uh, wanted the game. And then the Raiders just ended up, you know, somehow pulling it out, which to me, I just felt like the way that it was trending and the way that it just kind of was playing out, it seemed like the Raiders were going to win. And sure enough, they won. So um, it's disappointing from a from a Raven standpoint because they were doing so well. Um, and I just I don't know, man. I don't know. It, it It's disappointing, man. Lamar Jackson was doing so much better to see him, you know, actually staying in the pocket, making some throws, kind of being consistent at times. Um, but like you said, up and down roller coaster, like he had his moments and then, you know, he would show the old Lamar. Um, yeah, the Ravens It's going to be it's going to be an uphill battle for them um, as far as like just trying to make sure that they stay um healthy because that's the biggest problem they have right now is staying healthy and then um making sure that lamar kind of stays to what he knows i just want to get to the comment section right quick a shout out to justin stabler he says if i don't i didn't watch all the game last night but if i'm here to say if my shirt's not on my doorstep 
in the morning, the FBI and DEA will be at Shaw's doorstep. <laughs> in the morning, Justin, I got you. Don't worry. We got be, you. It will be at your doorstep sooner than later. He said, all jokes aside, I appreciate y'all outlooks of the game. We appreciate everyone for tuning in. Every time y'all tune in, we do appreciate we really y'all, do. especially our brother Lee. He says, Brian Edwards has a ton of this insider camp hype last year before he got injured in big time. This preseason being back, was this his coming out party in the fourth and also overtime or just the right place, right time? Nah, I feel like it's his coming out party. I think I think he's gonna have a big year because when you look at what's around him, I just think that he's got to step up. He's gonna have to make the plays, um, and there's no one better than him. Six three, two twelve. He's built like a, a number one receiver, like that guy. Um, and I think for the Raiders, he's got to be that guy because you got Hunter Renfro, who's he's a good while he's a good wide receiver, a decent wide receiver. He's more of a slot guy. I would say the same for Zay Jones, same for Henry Ruggs. Like they kind of, you know, it's funny to they're me. They're all the same. They're all like all the same. Receiver. The, two, the, the two teams that played each other, they kind of are in the same boat as far as at the receiver position. They got a bunch of guys that are like smaller, five foot, faster, seven, quick five guys, eight, but they and... don't have that like number one receiver. Except for the exception is Brian Edwards from um, the Raiders. So mm-hmm. I do think that this um, this game was his coming out party. I mean, he had five targets. He caught four of those uh, for 81 yards. So I'm hoping he'll continue in that um, in that realm for the Raiders. Not too much because, you know, the Chiefs are in that division. Um, but, yeah, th- if the Raiders want to be successful, they're going to need him to step up. And they're also going to need Josh Jacobs to get healthy again because uh, it was a pretty disappointing night. Ten carries for 34 yards. Uh, he had the two touchdowns. But, I mean, ten carries for 34 yards, um, that is not what you're looking for. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, Brian Edwards, I definitely agree with you, Lee. That was his coming out party. He's going to be a, a really good receiver for them. Look for him to have a big year. Since you spoke a lot about, of course, the Raiders, I want to talk about, about the Baltimore Ravens. And there were a lot of people, mainly on social media, that just felt like it was going to be a lot easier to be able to plug and play a guy like Latavius Murray or, of course, Le'Veon Bell with the injuries that they've had at the running back position, thinking that it's just going to be easy to just plug and play guys. And I say, and I tell people all the time, look, the NFL is not fantasy football. This is not Madden, okay? You cannot just plug and play people and think that they're just going to pick up right where that previous person left off at, right? We do know in, in football it's next man up, but we also know as well there's a reason why that guy is second string. There's a reason why that guy is third string. And – even though the Ravens, they played well. Like, they didn't play horrible. I'm not saying that they didn't play. They, they played bad. I'm not saying it at all. My problem is with the Ravens is they're going to run Lamar to death. And what I mean by that is if your leading passer, of course, is Lamar Jackson, 19 for 30, 235 yards and a touchdown, and your leading rusher, rusher is Lamar Jackson for 12 carries for 86 yards, Y'all, y'all telling me this is going to happen all 17 games? This is not literally Florida football where Lamar Jackson played at, okay? This is not high school football. It worked in the past. I understand people say, oh, he won the MVP this way. Regular season, this can work. Postseason, the same way I look at the, what they're doing in the regular season, the same way I see when, when the Wildcat first got introduced in the NFL. 
It was cute. It was gimmicky. It worked for a little bit. Then after that, when teams started catching on and found out how to stop it, it, it was it was kaput, right? There are teams that, that come out and use that package from time to time. But running the ball in this way and utilizing your quarterback in this way is just not going to win you a championship, especially when you have offenses like a Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, Buffalo. besides the Buffalo Bills, we'll get to them very shortly. Even the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, Pittsburgh Steelers' offense at the moment look a lot better than the Ravens' offense. So one thing we're not going to do in week one, we're not going to put too much stock into these all of these games right we're gonna we saw how they were how they were what they are we're not gonna put too much stock in it some of these games are the mulligan games and we're gonna see how teams look by week six week six week seven to week eight all right let's go ahead and move along to the season openers go ahead and talk about those cowboys and the tampa bay buccaneers the defending super bowl champions ish Unfortunately, the Cowboys let a very, very great opportunity to slip out of their hands. They, I won't say they had this game, but they were very close of being able to steal a game from Tom Brady, a.k.a. the GOAT, right? Didn't happen, but overall for the Cowboys, I'll be the first to say it. I think I was wrong-ish. I think I was wrong. In the words of, in the words of Justin Stabler, we back. I think I think the Cowboys might be might be with one game. I'm not gonna overreact one game. Yeah, I was gonna say don't overreact. I'm not gonna overreact because I have to see how these Cowboys do week four, week eight, week twelve. But if they can do this this type of performance that they did against Tampa Bay, Buc- Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I love what I saw from Dakota Rain Prescott and that Cowboys offense and that Cowboys defense. It's something to be reckoned with. I mean, we talk about the Washington football team, but, again, we'll get to them very shortly. But the Cowboys, man, hey, I'll say right now, after one week, I was wrong. Um, I mean, I'm happy that you said it and I didn't have to tell you because, uh, like you said, after one week, man, uh, it looks like my pick for the NFC East is might be right on the nose. The Cowboys came out and they played well against the defending Super Bowl champs. Dak Prescott looked like he didn't miss a beat. I mean, that man came out balling. So um, it was interesting to watch because I was surprised at just how well he came in and um, didn't look like he was favoring the leg at all, not even the shoulder. Um, he looked healthy. He looked uh, ready to go. Uh, he was making wonderful throws. Uh, that receiving core, still the same receiving core. Very good, very good. Um, you do have to say the rushing um, it, against – it's a very good Tampa Bay defense, so you don't want to put too much stock into the fact they only had 60 yards rushing. But at the same time, you do want to see more. Uh, Zeke didn't get very many touches in the first half. We're going to have to see something from there. Um but I just want, um, yeah, and that's exactly what I'm saying. Like Dak throws 50 times, um, and, and there's no run game. Come and on. let me re- let me read this comment right quick. You know, Justin says, "LOL, LOL." But nah, as a realistic football fan, it's not going to work because they're making Dak throw 50 times and forgetting about the run game. McCartney has a rep of ruining good running backs or making them an afterthought. Now, I completely understand where both of y'all are coming from. But I was looking at this game as a matchup 
type of game, as in Dak needed to throw that many times to stay with Tom Brady. Now, I understand completely something that Dak has done previously. He, he throws the ball a lot, you know, so I'm not saying at all that that's not something Dak hasn't done previously. But for both part, both pieces to work, Dak and Zeke, they have to run the ball. For, for Dak to be successful, Zeke has to get going. And I think week two we'll see Feed Me Zach. I mean, I'm sorry, Feed Me Zeke. I think we'll see Zeke get the ball at least 25 times. Um, and I think we'll see more of a balanced next game with the Cowboys. I think this was just more of a situational type of football-ish. Well, I, and the thing is, again, it's it's week one, so I'm not overreacting. Um, but that's what I'm just making note that uh, when you only have – what it was it 18 attempts for 60, 60 yards, then yeah, there's got to be a concern there when you're throwing the ball 58 times. 58 passes to uh, only 18 runs is not the way that you're going to win in this league. I'm sorry to say um, that's that doesn't make for good football. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes because, uh, like you said, it may have been a situational thing. You're playing against the Buccaneers, who uh, traditionally are very good against the run. That defensive line is very stout. Um, but we're going to have to wait and see. Um, it, it's early in the season, but they did look good. They looked great on defense. And as far from a Buccaneer standpoint, I mean, it was pretty much same old, same old for them. Uh, it was exactly what you expected. They found a way to win the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Brady looked like Tom Brady. That offense, I mean, if A.B. is playing like that all year, man, Ooh, look yeah. for that repeat. Ooh. Because if you got A.B. playing like that and you still got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin there, goodness, that receiving court, that's going to be yeah. a nightmare matchup. Yeah. Uh, and so the last thing y'all need is a locked-in A.B., uh, and then that defensive line still looking all the, as good as they were last year, only allowed 52. Rush, uh, well, no, they only allowed 60 rushing yards, um, whereas the Cowboys only allowed 52 rushing yards. So the Cowboys were right there with them, you know, putting in a piece. But the problem is 379 passing yards for the Cowboy defense. That is a concern for me because that secondary is the point when I was saying, you know, I thought the Cowboys were going to win the NFC East. The one concern I have was that secondary because I thought the linebackers were going to do a good job. That defensive front was going to do a decent job. It was the secondary for me. And I don't know, man. You're giving up that much in a game. Uh, You got Justin Herbert um, this coming week uh, coming in, and he did a really good job this uh, in week one. So that is something to look out for is that secondary. Um, If they are going to – be mediocre then it's going to be hard for the Cowboys to win consistently without it being a shootout every game and I appreciate you very much for that segue because our next topic for today is the Chargers and the Washington football team we'll of course talk about this game right quick and staying in the vision of the NFC East we talked about this of course in the pregame show on Sunday that reason why we're picking the Chargers by a very slim margin which they did win by two points was because of that bad man, that young sophomore, Mr. Just, Justin Herbert, at the moment, he was able to wield his team to a win against the Washington football team, who at the moment is down a quarterback. Mr. Ryan Fitzpatrick did get placed on IR with a fractured hip, which is not something that anybody wants, especially at his age. And it seems like, let's be honest-ish, before we get even into the game, 
we have to kind of go back a little bit and and wonder is this Cam Newton's opportunity to maybe slide in and save the day for the Washington football team? Because if Cam can't play here with his former coach, Ron Rivera, that went to the Super Bowl together, then is it a wrap for Cam Newton? Because all around the league, they have their quarterbacks. He's not going to start week two anywhere else in the NFL Again, besides maybe Washington, and it might not be in we in two weeks. It might I'm sorry, it might not be white week two. It might be in week three or week four, where he understands the play a little bit more. But for Washington ish, do they take the chance and the opportunity to try and go to Cam Newton? I hope not. Um, I just don't think that uh, we've seen it in Carolina before. There's no need to see it again. Um, it's not. It's, it's, I don't think it's necessarily going to work. Although. Um, He's going to have a really good defense there in Washington. So that kind of helps him out. Um, but I just, I, I don't think so. I don't think, uh, I, I actually like um, Henneke. Uh, I think that he played well when he came in, he stepped up. I was, if you remember at the end of last season, I was actually saying uh, before they even went and got Fitzmagic, like, why are you guys worried about getting another quarterback? Like this guy has played okay. Um since he's come in, there was he didn't give you any indication as to why you needed to replace him. So I wanted to give him a shot, see what he's got. I hope that they give him a shot, see what he has. If you want to bring somebody in for insurance, I understand. But Cam Newton is not that guy to bring in for insurance. Um, because, again, the problem with Cam Newton is you got to change the system. Is the system the same as it was in Carolina? I don't think it really is. Based on what I've seen from them, it doesn't look similar to what they had when they had Cam um and i i don't know i just don't i don't want to see it well okay the question i have for you ish and again we'll, we'll get back to the game very shortly is they don't have to probably change the offense too much for cam because he's not running as much as he used to right so would he be more of a pocket passer going it you know anywhere elsewhere moving forward I I just don't know that we saw enough from him in New England to say that he's an improved passer or that he's going to get the ball to some of these guys that they have in Washington. Um, is he better than Henneke? Yeah, I believe he's better than Henneke. Um, however, I just don't know that um, – I just don't know that he'll perform – at that level. I think talent is not the issue for me and Cam Newton. I think it's the consistency, the performance, the um the trust. I don't have the trust in him. Um I don't believe that he can make the consistent throw that he needs to make. Kind of the same thing I feel about Lamar Jackson, right? Um and it's the same thing I feel about Kirk Cousins. I feel like Kirk Cousins on his day, yeah, he can make the throws but is he consistent enough to make the throw and be that franchise guy? No. So um, I think he falls, Cam kind of falls in that category for me right now. He, I just don't have any faith in him. And so I'd rather roll with Henke than roll with Cam Newton at the moment. Um, now, I've also heard noise of RG3. He's out there trying to shoot his shot, telling them to reach out and make a, make oh, here, a call. Yeah, I've seen that too. <laughs> Uh, stay, stay in the booth, RG3. Oh, RG3. RG3, hey, you do I not want those mind, problems again. I wouldn't mind seeing him go there and be the backup because he's not going to play. RG3, I think it's, it's over for you, my guy. But uh, it, Trust me, hey, when we saw him running for shot. that touchdown with the Ravens and he pulled up with a hemi, <laughs> it, it was a wrap. 
It was a wrap for him after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, just to finish up on this game as well, was there anything in this game that, that you would – that I want to say surprise you, but that you can say, man, I was very impressed from the Chargers or even the Washington football team because of uh, – No, nah, I mean, it was pretty much standard. It, it, the game went as I expected. Uh, Justin Herbert had a big day, 334 passing yards. Um, he had he had the interception, but still, um, it is to be expected. Looks like um, Lee said he's he's finally he was happy to see Mike Williams play the way that he plays, and that's what the Chargers need to compete. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't think I was surprised, um, but like you said, it's about time, man. Like people, he's been too, waiting he's for too it. big, he's too he's yeah. too great. I mean, he's he's one he's another one of them Clemson products that yeah, came out, a, and I mean, he's another one. Of he was an afterthought. And, he's an afterthought, really, of those Clemson. Well, receivers. you got Keenan Allen, who's been performing the way he's been performing. I mean. He's kind of been overshadowed by that, but, you know, it was nice to see him finally, you know, kind of go toe-to-toe with Keenan Allen um, as far as just being able to uh, match him. I mean, Keenan Allen had nine receptions for 100 yards. Uh, Mike Williams had eight receptions for 82 yards in the touchdown. So, yeah, I mean, if you can have those two guys perform like they did, uh, like I said, I expected them to take a jump this year and to challenge the Chiefs, and I think that this performance kind of backs that up. All right, speaking of overshadowed, thank you for the segue again. This game that definitely got overshadowed here in Houston because a lot of people didn't expect anything too much to happen in this game, but we saw some points from the Texans, and also not let me be let me be respectfulish. Let me be respectful. The AFC South division leaders. The Houston Texans, okay? Uh, we'll put some spec on their name, okay? We're not putting any respect on their put name. Put some spec the on that name after week one because Houston. the Houston Texans came out here and skull dragged Urban Meyer and the Sunshine Kids of the Jacksonville Jaguars because, um, I mean, the, hey, the Texans came after Trevor Lawrence and was able to disguise a couple of looks, get three picks off of them, and – and, and tell the rook, hey, welcome to the NFL. This this is your first loss ever since high school and college and all that stuff. One thing I will say, though, Kyler Murray and Trevor Lawrence, for y'all that ain't never lost ever, I have to go back and reevaluate the teams that y'all play because, you know, come on, y'all, y'all here – how y'all out here play everybody? No lose, not once. Come on now, now I'm built. See, that's what happened. Y'all come to the league. Y'all now you gotta lose. Now you gotta build character in the league and stuff. Like, come on, man. Y'all should have did that when y'all was kids. Anyways, the point is, ish. Your Houston Texans. They're not my anything. <laughs> they, don't they, don't even play they, me like that. They, they had a hell of a anything. game on a Sunday. Was this was this something that they can build off on and maybe? past that Vegas line of four wins for this season? Um, Mentally, is it something they can build off of? Sure, I guess. But uh, if you're being realistic and you're looking at who they played in week one, then um, no, they don't. They're not building off of anything at all, because actually, it's funny that it's funny that everybody's getting all hyped up and excited. Because Houston doing exactly had, what they want to Houston fans to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not only that, if I had done my research before, I would have actually picked the Texans because going back to 2020, mm-hmm. um, real quick, let me pull those stats up real quick. Pull them up, baby. Pull them when up. the Jaguars came to Houston and played Houston last year, it was a very similar stat line. It was very similar in the fact that the Jags only threw for um, – they threw for – 
289, and they rushed for 75 yards. Well, guess what? They played this weekend, and the Jags actually had uh, – give me a second. Let me pull that back up for you. The Jags threw for 319, so they improved in their passing yards. So Trevor Lawrence effect right there. And they rushed for one more yard than they did last year, 76 yards. So, I mean, it seems like whenever the Jaguars come to Houston, the Texans play the Jaguars really well and win that game, right? They won 30 to 14 last year. Um, so is this an announcement of the Texans being better than we expected? Or is this an organization playing a divisional foe at home like they play a divisional foe at home? Like that, that that's where for me, I'm kind of like, mm, let's not overreact to this. Like we've been saying, it's week one. Let me see what you do next week against the Cleveland Browns, who just played the Kansas City Chiefs um, in a really, really close game. So if you play the Browns similar to how you played the Jaguars at Cleveland on the road, then I give you all the respect in the world, you know. Then for just for this season, though, and I might start apologizing to y'all. Uh-oh. I might Uh-oh. be like, okay, maybe I was a little too hard you on. Heard y'all. it here first, Texan fans but on X talking ish. I highly doubt that's what's going to happen. I highly mm. doubt it. All the respect in the world to Tyrod Taylor. He came out here. Um, you you know you're in a tough situation. The guy who wanted to be traded still in the building. Um, you don't really got have a receiving core around you. You got 10 running backs in the backfield that you got to hand the ball to. Um, but he still came out and he balled and he did what he had to do. The defense, um, they played, they played well. They stopped the run, run which I was very surprised by that because James Robinson, if everybody remembers last year, um, that guy was in the top five back last year. So for them to come out and to hold the Jaguars to only 76 yards rushing, I mean, that's, that's got to be somewhat respectable. Um, but is this something to get excited about? Pump the brakes. Let's wait and see. Pump the brakes. We will wait and see. All right. I respect it. All right. Let's go ahead and stay in that AFC South division and go to the Seahawks and Colts game. Ugh. This did not go the way I expected it to go. I thought the Colts were going to show up, but, uh, Mr. Russell Wilson said, uh, not on my watch. Not on my watch, Mr. Russell Wilson said, and um, did a, a vintage Russell Wilson. I mean, it looks like he's already in midseason form, throwing four touchdowns, and um, he told the Colts, hey, I'm not here to play. I mean, I don't know how you saw this going, but it went exactly as I expected it to go. I mean, um, damn. I mean, I wasn't – I mean, Tyler Lockett and, and, and Russ looked like they they were, they were picked up where they left off last season. They came ready to play, and then Sam Bradford 2.0 was, meh, meh. he's okay. I mean, he didn't show you anything too exciting. So it is exactly what I thought it was going to be. Um, it is going to be interesting to see how Sam Bradford 2.0, a.k.a. Carson Wentz, plays with the Colts because, as most people will remember, the Colts were a playoff team last year, and Phillip Rivers actually had them. Um, they were about, they looked mighty about dangerous. A, a, a play or two away of moving on past the Buffalo Bills, and maybe yeah, they, play, and maybe playing the, uh, the I'm sorry, uh, playing the Baltimore Ravens in the next round. 
Yeah, I mean, they looked really dangerous towards the end of the season last year. So this isn't like a chump team. This is a team that is actually uh, built pretty well. They got really good uh, running backs. They got a decent wide receiver core, a good line. I know there's some injuries there. Um, And that defense, that defense is a stout defense. So for the Seahawks to come in to um, Indianapolis and do what they did to them, uh, that to me – it doesn't say anything about the Colts other than the fact that Carson Wentz is a downgrade from Phillip Rivers. But it does say to me that the Seahawks are a team to be reckoned with in the NFC West. And it is just making me uh, rub my hands together and uh, drool in excitement for what the NFC West is going to look like moving forward. Because those teams, when you talk about a division that came to ball in week one, they definitely came to ball in week one. You definitely are correct, especially, of course, speaking of the NFC West. We will speak on them in uh, about a couple more minutes later on in this show. For me, it ain't really too much to speak on. Um, I, I, I picked the Colts, honestly, not because I thought they were the better team, because I didn't want people to think I'm a hater because I'm oh a Titans gosh. fan. No, I'm, ser- I'm serious. You know, no, some you should think the better team, the team that was going to win. But I assumed, again, it's a home game. You know, that's what happens when you assume sometimes, right? Sam Some game. Maybe you can maybe you can pull it out for the Gipper on this one, no. right? Win one for the Gipper. No. And no, it didn't happen this it, time. Not so, at all. You know, that's that's on me. We're gonna learn from this mistake and we're gonna Please. move on to week two. And we're gonna talk about these Jets and these Panthers with the debut debut, I'm sorry, of of uh Zach Wilson for the Jets and also of course the Revenge game for Mr. Sam Darnold and also ah. Roby Anderson. With that being said, Ish, what I should say with this question, I should say is who proved more in this game? Sam Darnold that, hey, I'm not as bad as y'all think that I am? Or Zach Wilson, even though it took him maybe until the second half to really get going, that, hey, I can play in this league. Oh, it's got to be Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold proved proved more. I mean, Zach Wilson, we kind of knew what to expect uh, coming out of preseason. We know he's a rookie, so we know it's going to be a little bit of tough times. I was not surprised. Um, In the preseason, teams aren't showing too much, right? So definitely I expected for any of the rookies that um, played in the preseason and did well or, you know, had some success, I expected some sort of regression because now the defense is showing you more. They're showing you multiple looks, right? They're stemming before the snap. Uh, they're going to confuse you with some of the movement, bring some guys that you weren't seeing brought in um, preseason. So Zach Wilson, for me, it went as I expected. A little bit rough to begin with. Then he got kind of comfortable, started doing a little bit more. I expect him, again, as any rookie would, um, to kind of progress. I want to see the progression as the games go along. Um, so I'm still waiting to see from him. But uh, Sam Darnold, definitely, I mean, it was the revenge game, like I said, on Sunday morning. Uh, I was expecting him to come out and really want to ball against them, and he balled. I mean, he had 270 passing yards. uh, So he showed that, hey, with the right cast around him, with the right play call, the right coaching staff, um, he can be a really good starting quarterback in this league. And um, for me, it was a... It was a good sign from the Panthers because I felt like last year they were really close in a lot of games. And had they had a better quarterback, uh, they probably could have made some more noise, more noise than they did last year. 
Um, and with Sam Darnold and what he showed me in the first game, I'm slightly optimistic that they may make some noise in the NFC South because the way that the Saints played, which we'll talk about that later on, mm-hmm. um, and the Bucks, who we already talked about, I mean, you got a mountain to climb in the NFC South if you want to make some noise. Um, I mean, you could still potentially get a wild card spot, but I mean, if you want to try to win that division, you got two really stout teams, so you are going to have to play well. And Sam Darnold, he started off the season the right way. Definitely um, something he can build upon, and I look forward to it. I'll say this with the Panthers. Of course, any season is any given season. You you be, no, anybody, it's, it's, it's anybody's Super Bowl to win, right? Just because the Bucks look the way they look and the Saints look the way they look doesn't mean they're going to look like that at Week 15. So, of course, you want to ball every week because you just never know. But the way I look at, if we look at those just three those three teams in the NFC South, most likely the Bucks or the Saints are going to probably win that division. And the second team is probably might make a wild card squad a spot. And if you look at the rest of the NFC, man, it is, it's loaded. And what I, what I mean by that is the Panthers – no matter how good they play, they just might not have enough for this season to be able to get a playoff spot. So this might meet this might need to for them to be a season where they learn about each other this whole season. They go through those growing pains, the good and the bad. And next season, they add some more pieces. Maybe that becomes a free agent destination that some people say, hey, wide receivers or DBs, hey, I want to go to that team because of Sam Darnold and because of what they're building over there. But I just feel like the NFC, man, is just too tough. And I don't think that the Panthers have enough talent-wise to be able to compete against the Saints and the Bucks in just that division alone, let, let alone the rest of the conference. But Yeah, uh, one, one concern, though, before we mm-hmm. move on, one mm-hmm. concern that I do have for the Panthers, uh, you had Christian McCaffrey with 21 rushing attempts for 98 yards. And Chuba Hubbard, no rushing attempts. So you got a really good running really good back, like I mean, backup was, running back. Was, was really and good you didn't Oklahoma give State. him any touches. Like you didn't give him any touches, and you let Christian McCaffrey have twenty-one touches after the season he had last year, where he was pretty banged up, got hurt. Like we know how many times he touches the ball. I mean, he also had nine receptions on top of the twenty-one carries. So it's like it's a long season. Why is it that you are not giving more touches to your Split backup back? Who is Split a really good back? So, I mean, no, that's I, one concern I, I have. No, I agree. Uh, Lee also says this could be a season where the whole NFC West makes the playoffs with the expansion of seven teams. Is very true. I hope for I've said it before. That they do. I've said it before, and and uh, yeah, we'll get to Cliff very soon. Don't don't bring up Cliff right now. I'm still hurt. I'm still hurt about Cliff. All righty then, the Vikings and the Bengals, the game that. No one got uh, because mm. first thing is first ish. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. I'm gonna have to hit that one time for Joey Burrow because my goodness, Joey, you had to do us like that. Yep. Look, I knew I I, I knew you felt the type of way about sitting out all he didn't season. Have to I, that, I, I understand, Joey. I got you. No no real player wants to sit out a whole season due to injury. But why you have to come back and do us like that week one at home? I look, I hey. we look, we expected the vet Kirk Cousins to come in and win this game. You you expect, right? Ish? You expected it. 
But this again, the sophomore, no slumps anymore for a guy like Joey Burrow to come in and do what he do with this new addition of no drops chase Jamar Chase. Uh, he said, um, I know how to catch footballs out here in the NFL. Y'all gonna play? Y'all think y'all gonna play me in the media? Not today. So I'm gonna go out here and catch these five passes for 101 yards and a touchdown on y'all asses. And after week one, Cincinnati Bengals look pretty decent. Not saying that they're gonna do anything in the playoffs or win a division. I'm just they they look decent. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a this to me was a statement game. This was a statement game for the yeah, Bengals. I agree. Um, statement game for Joe Burrow. Um, because one of the reasons why I picked the Vikings was I just didn't feel like he was gonna come back from that um that injury. It was gonna take a little time, a game or yeah, a game or two. Get a, get his get his legs in. back set up mean, on the center. I got you. Twenty for twenty seven, a seventy four percent completion percentage, bro. Two hundred sixty one yards and two touchdowns. Like I did not expect him to come out balling like that in the first game. He really was slanging that thing all around. My boy uh, Jamar Chase. He quieted all the doubters out. Y'all said, oh, well, you know, he can't see. There's no white lines for him to see the ball. He can't track the ball. Yeah, he only went five for 101 on you. So everybody can be quiet about that. Not to mention T. Higgins still had four for 58 in the touchdown. So um, it's going to be interesting, especially with Joe Mixon rushing for 127. Um, This team – they seem a little bit further along than we thought they were going to be. We were saying how last year they were building up. They were kind of exciting, and then Joe Burrow got injured. And then it was mm-hmm. like, oh, man, you know, you wish you could have saw what they were going to be like the entire season with Joe Burrow at the helm. Well, it looks like they just picked up where they left off when, when he's back in. So I'm excited to see that. For the Vikings, though, this is very concerning. Um, I thought that they would struggle at some point in the season. I thought that Kirk Cousins was going to have, um, you know, some pressure on him and – there was going to be some issues for them. Um, Dalvin Cook only rushed for 61 yards on 20 carries. So, um, you know, a 3.1 uh, average uh, for rushing, that's not very, um, very good. Didn't help Kirk Cousins out that much. But um, if the defense doesn't step up, because really that's what was carrying them for the most part, it, we could see Kirk Cousins out halfway through the season Kellen Munn. um yeah we could start to Kellen see it, Munn. it could be a resignation of hey we just don't have it it's time to start thinking about a rebuild in mm-hmm. uh, minnesota um it was it was just it was very concerning it, especially if you want to compete with the green bay packers who didn't look that great in week one either so um i guess the one highlight for them was the rest of the division did just as poor so <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's the one bright spot for the vikings but uh they definitely are gonna be looking to bounce back next week uh but uh unfortunately for y'all it doesn't get much easier because you're going on the road to arizona who we all saw with that toddler we're gonna talk week. about that bad little toddler real soon yes yes um like you said i'll just piggyback on the vikings part is Kirk Cousins, you're at a point in time where you're stealing money now, sir. I mean, you're you're just stealing money now. He's been stealing money. I mean, because this is, <laughs> this is just ridiculous. Like you shouldn't lose this game. But I don't I don't have anything really to talk about. Honestly, is because this is just just disrespectful. It's really disrespectful. Yeah. Joey Burrow is probably already a better quarterback than you are. 
Kirk Cousins ever have been. Dang. Ever have been. Yeah. College and pro. Yeah. That's yeah, that's, that's where that's where I'm at right now. Like that's it's disrespectful to Kirk Cousins not to win this damn game. That's just how I feel. All right. So I mean it wasn't really his fault. He's he still had he had a decent game. Well, guess what? When you're the quarterback, you get all the blame, you get all the all the glory, right? It'd be like that. All righty then. Speaking of quarterbacks that get all the blame and all the glory. Another game we were both wrong on. And um I have no problems being wrong on this one. But I wasn't expecting for it to be the way that it happened that it that it went. Um you know how they say, you know, a hard head makes a soft behind? And you usually are probably chasing a bat a little taller to probably spank that bat, that you know, that little that little behind because they are bad. Well, um Kyler Murray was that bad a little taller, and we just could not catch him. And when you're watching him play, it literally looks like you're playing backyard football, and everybody else is just fat and tall, and he's just this little ass kid, and you just cannot get him. And I just don't. Y'all think it's 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 harder to tackle Lamar Jackson? No, I honestly think it's harder to to tackle Kyler Murray. I don't know what it is which with trying to catch this man. This grown little man. I don't know what it is, but he makes grown people look stupid. And just me watching him makes me look make me feel stupid because I just don't believe it. He's he's like he's like a smaller version of Michael Vick. Everybody wants to talk about Lamar Jackson. No, it's it's really Kyler Murray. Like this is the one that's really like the next generation of what Michael Vick could have been. And to be honest with you, this game probably goes more to your boy Cliff than it is that goes for anybody because for him to come in and put on this coaching debut in Nashville, kudos to you, sir. That's all I have to uh, say on that. Titans, go ice up, son. See y'all week two in Seattle because, um, yeah, you got some work to do. Um, I like what you said. Uh, I just want to say um, – Kyler Murray gets the Mr. Slang That Thing award uh, for week oh, one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does. Yeah, um, that one. Because he did come out and he lit up that Titan secondary, which I did say that was the concern, right? Like, I noted that before the game started. I said the concern was, what is that secondary going to do? Um, that was the weakness last year. It looks like the weakness continues. Um, we'll have to see as the season goes along if that continues to be the weakness. Uh, I'm sorry, but I will not. I will not be able to support the Titans moving forward um, like I thought I was going to yeah, as far as being AFC championship contenders. I already feel stupid picking um, the Goto Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be rough. That that secondary, is, is they seem bad enough that they're going to cost the team a lot of games uh, this year, especially in a pass-happy league. Even the secondary is off the um, line, too. The offensive line yeah, the offensive just... line was poor. Ugh. I mean, they only rushed for 86 yards. I mean, 86 yards rushing when you got the king in the king in the backfield. 86 yards, man, that is not good. But hey, statement for Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals: uh, This is the year. So they know the pressure is on. They know what's at stake. Um, Cliff Kingsbury has had his time in Arizona. Now is the time to show up because they have backed you in free agency. They have backed you as far as like trusting your um, your system, trusting the personnel that you put in place. 
Now is the year. You have got to do something. We said it before uh, the season started. And, hey, what better way to set the tone? What better way to announce, like, hey, we, we want to be um, taken seriously in the NFC um, West than to come in and beat a team like the Tennessee Titans who um, – Was a playoff team. Lately. Was a playoff team. Or was an uh, AFC championship contending team. Uh, yeah, this is a statement game for them. I'm excited to see what they do. Um, they got Minnesota next week. So, man, they should just keep on rolling. If they continue rolling in Minnesota – and then Jacksonville, week four against the Rams is going to be very interesting. Um, I think that's a, is that Sunday night football? Is that Sunday night football? Um, no, 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 no. It's on. It's played uh, Sunday afternoon. It's going to okay. be an afternoon game. I know the Rams. Um, the Rams played the Raiders week four or week five or something like that Monday night football game. But yeah, yeah that's, um, that's going to be a good one. But that that game, they could be going into a matchup with their division rivals. Three and oh, if they do, if they do what they need to do, like mm-hmm. we say, you gotta, you gotta win be, the game. Be a good team, you gotta win. beat. Yes, exactly. So, um, I I need Cliff to keep this um, momentum up, this energy up. I'm not quite backing you yet, Cliff. You know we got this thing that we always getting into it. Um, but hey, I was excited for the uh, Cardinals. Excited for them to play the way I've been expecting them to play. Christine says, "Was the Titans O line bad or Chandler Jones that, no, that good?" That O line was bad. It was, it was, I mean, it's a little both. It's no, a little it's both. I mean, Chandler Jones is that good. I mean, I bet, yeah. you better stop disrespecting Chandler Jones. I mean, that's a that's a bad boy. He learned it from his brother. Lee also says, "Last episode, I said Isaiah Simmons had to step up for them to have a chance." And your boy, uh, and your boy, your boy Luan had a long night with Chandler Jones too. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, Taylor Luan is out at the moment. We'll see how long he's out. But, uh, yeah, I'm out mm. of this game because uh, the Titans play the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle next week. And um, 0-2 is on the horizon, 0-2. All righty then, a team that's 1-0, the 49ers, took on the Detroit Lions. And, of course, this game went as expected. But the one little – caveat i want to add to this if you are in vegas and you were betting on this game if you check out the money line the over under for this game was actually eight and a half how do i know this because my uncle put a little bet on this game and he was not too happy the way that this <laughs> game ended because the line the 49ers one point was up by 20 plus points the lines end up scoring uh i'm sorry scoring of course their points to cut the deficit to eight points so if you took the over you lost of course and unfortunately if you are betting in vegas or elsewhere elsewhere in the in the united states and you did take the and you did not take the points then unfortunately you lost that bet but for anybody else that of course picked the outright game most likely i'm assuming you picked the 49ers to win this game and the 49ers took care of business unfortunately they did have more injury bug news for the 49ers. Raheem Mostert is out for the rest of the season, it looks like, at the moment. So um, it's like another plug-and-play system running back for them for the 49ers. But other than that, it looks like Jimmy G looks decent. They did add Trey Lance in that game. He threw him a touchdown as well. Um, can this two-quarterback little system that they are kind of trying to do, you think this can work moving forward? 
I didn't like it. I didn't I didn't want to see Trey Lance come in and do anything. I wanted Jimmy G to rock it. Um, you said he played well. Jimmy G played a, a great game, 17 for 25, 314 yards with a touchdown. I mean, I mean, he played well. I mean, what the fuck? I mean, I mean if you look at other performances around that league, I mean, again, that's average. Decent, good. That was a great I mean, game. That was a okay. great. My, my a great bad. A, my a, a classic game managing Jimmy G game. My yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. My classic bad. game managing, whatever. Um, my only concern for them is that they let the. I, I don't know if it was you knew you were ahead, so you. Just yeah, I don't know what that was. That, I don't like know mental what that was. I'm not gonna overreact. It's week one, so I'm. I would overreact you know, if the Lions came say, back and won. Mm, you know, you you still got the win, so I'm gonna give you a pass on that. Um, but they, they're going to need to tighten it up, um, a little bit. I was happy to see Debo Samuel back healthy. Um, Brandon Ayuk though had no, nothing on the stat line. That was a little concerning because, um, he really carried the receiving core last year for them. And for him, uh, I, the word on the street is he had an injury. That's why he didn't get any, um, plays called for him or anything. So we'll have to watch that moving forward. Um, but Debo Samuel being back, I mean, that was big time. I'm excited about the 49ers. Um, again, I have them going to the Super Bowl, so they need to continue doing what they're doing, trending in the right direction for me. And of course, um, and of course, another unfortunate news for the Detroit Lions as well. Jeff, how you say last name? I can't say it. Okuda. Yokuda. There you go. Yeah. Out for the season as well. Torn Achilles. Mm. That's uh, definitely not something. That last you thing they needed. Exactly. So. Looks like the Lions will go 3-14 and 14 this season, just like Uncle Jason predicted. All right, let's go ahead and move on to a pretty damn good game. Unfortunately, we got this one wrong again, though, but the Steelers and the Bills, and the Steelers took care of business going into Buffalo, New York-ish. Is this more of a game, a, a game that made more noise for the Steelers or made more noise for the Bills? What do you think? Um, You know, for me, I thought um, – I was pretty sure I said in the pregame show that I wouldn't be surprised if Steelers won um, because they were still a pretty strong team even with the issues they had towards the end of the season, um, mainly those issues where they couldn't run the ball and um, they were dropping a lot of passes on the offensive side, but that defense was still a solid defense, a playoff defense – um, and I think it was more so an announcement from the Steelers that like, maybe they've righted the ship. Maybe they figured it out. Maybe they tightened it up a little bit. Maybe they're not as concerned about TikToks and, uh, Snapchats and dancing, uh, on the logos or anything like that. Um, uh, I think that just possibly, uh, I don't want to say they're back, but, um, they may be focused again. They may be focused again and ready to compete in the AFC North. Uh, so I think it was a bigger deal for the Steelers than it was the Bills. Um, both teams made the playoffs last year, so you knew it was going to be a good, hard-fought game. And I don't think there's anything for the Bills to be worried about. First game of the season, we're not going to overreact. We lost to a good team, a playoff team, uh, and we're just going to you know, regroup and keep going. So um, I don't think there's anything for the Bills to – or Bills fans to be concerned about. They played well. It didn't look sloppy or look horrible. They played well. The Steelers just were better, a better team on the day. And I'd rather lose to a better playoff team than lose to like the Texans or the Jaguars, right? So And I definitely understand completely where you're coming from. I 
and I want to agree on everything that you're saying when it comes to looking at the perspective, hey, you know, we lost to a good team. But again, we're, we're going to get into the Browns Chiefs game. But if you're wanting to be like the Chiefs, right? If you're wanting to be like Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, you have to beat these teams that you might see later on down the line that you know, or that, sorry, that, that if you feel like as a team that you can compete with them later on down the season, and because of the momentum that you had last season, this is one of those, another prove it games because the Steelers as an organization has decades of history showing that they've been there, done that, and they can come in and do whatever they need to do, win or lose. The Bills have the complete opposite history. You go to four Super Bowls and lose them all, right? So for the Bills, for them to lose this game at home, I have to look at it like, man, can they – it's just week one. Not trying to not trying to overreact, but I'm just saying, can they bounce from this and actually believe in themselves that they can win a Super Bowl? Because the Steelers can believe in themselves because they have a Super Bowl cha uh, champion quarterback. They have a Super Bowl winning coach, right? The Bills, none of them have been to a Super Bowl. So I think if anything, this this might be a game we might look out later on in week seven and week eight where maybe they're four and three. You know, maybe they're not the same Bills. You know, maybe they look I don't like, think so. ugh. I don't, I don't think, think so either. So. I don't think so either. And I, I believe in Josh Allen and the Bills. But I'm just saying this was a game that I feel like they could have won. Well, yeah, they could have won. They only maybe lost should by, have. They lost by one score. And I think uh, everything that you're saying – it, you have to think about it in the from the sense of yeah the Steelers they were able to pull this game out because like you said they have that experience they have a guy that's won the Super Bowl they have a head coach who's been there done that they a lot of those guys on that team they come from a winning culture right the Bills are still learning they're still early in that in that process right so it takes time for you to learn how to win these kind of games right it takes time for you as a team to learn how to do some of the things you're asking them to do. So it's going to take losses like this to playoff teams for them to get to the point where they are able to make that play in the, in these situations. Like they're going to have to have some of these losses to get there. So um, that's why it's not concerning for me because I think this is a, another building block, right? This is another step in like, this is a lesson to learn when you play a team like this you got to make those plays. You can't like these little mistakes that you're making here, the the bad calls and stuff, it costs you these games, right? One score, you little, one score little away, yeah, right? Things. So it's those little things and they're going to learn that. And I think it helps them. Th these games only help them in the long run in achieving what they hope to achieve rather than hurting them. So that's my only thing about it. That's why I'm not as concerned. I think like everything you're saying, um, yeah, you're right, but this is going to help them achieve that kind of stuff that you're talking about. I got you. And uh, speaking of, in the long run, let's go ahead and uh, segue that to teams that can maybe be better, not now, but in the long run, the mm -hmm. Eagles and the Falcons. Now, we split on this game. I think we both saw different things in, in both of these teams. And I expect the Falcons play a little bit better than they, what they did, but – Another surprise team on the day definitely has to go to the Philadelphia Eagles, the way Jalen Hurts played with this new offense that they have and also the way that they played on defense. Philadelphia Eagles, hey, they said 
the Cowboys and the Washington football team isn't the only team out here that could win the NFC East. We feel like we can win it too. After watching their week one performance-ish, how do you feel about the Eagles and maybe their chances of also maybe winning the NFC East? Mm, they're a team that I'll say pump the brakes on. Um, let's just wait and see. It, it was exciting. It looked good. Um, I definitely am excited about uh, what I saw from Jalen Hurts. 27 for 35, 77. That's 77 per, um, completion percentage, mm-hmm. 264 and three touchdowns. The problem is it was against the Falcons. So I want to wait and see about that. Um, I want to take some time. They got the 49ers next week. If he performs similar to how he did in week one, then I think we start to get a little more excited. Then we start to say like, hey, NFC East, um, you need to watch out. Um, but, um, you know, the Niners at home, I think that's the that's the real – that's our first real look at what this team is made of. If they perform against the Niners at home – I'm going to be like, yo, okay. And, but what I like to see and what I liked from them and why I picked them, I expected Jalen Hurts to come out and make a statement as to why he should be the guy for Philly, right? Because the question all season has, um, all off season has been, is he the guy? Are they going to back him? So on and so forth. And he kind of came out and he gave you something to think about, right? Like he gave you something to say, hey, this might be the guy. And um, I expect him to keep doing that throughout the season. I expect him to keep trying to show these guys, like, I am that guy if you'll just back me. Um, so I'm excited to see, because he's got the weapons around him. You got uh, some really quick, fast guys, Jalen Rager, Quez Watkins. Um, you got, I mean, like I said, these guys, they and can ball the Miles Heisman tro- The Heisman Trophy winner, of course, Devontae Smith. Yeah, Devonta Smith. I mean, who first catch, touchdown. So... I mean, they've got the weapons around them, and I think, and I'm excited about it. I just want to see consistency, right? Because that's the problem. Last year, they weren't very consistent. They were up and down. They lost games that they should have won. They made bad decisions. So um, you're just looking for that consistency from them. Next week is the real test. If they perform well next week, then, yeah, I'm definitely going to come in um in next tuesday and i'm gonna say hey the eagles are somebody we should probably take a little bit more of a look at um in the nfc east no i I mean i really don't have anything else to say what you just said 100 percent agree this game was a fill-out game like you said this is something that Jalen hurts was supposed to come in and say hey i'm the man okay week one after that hey you the man now so let's see what how you look uh against the 49ers um it'll be very interesting to see what type of defensive sets that he's going to have to face and uh, also be very interesting to see of course what type of pressures that they bring you know will they will they not try to blitz as much will they try to contain them will they you know be, but if I look at Jalen Hurst you know he's I look at him more of a pocket passer compared to you know Lamar Jackson hey but so they did run him, um real quick see. they did run a because that point I like that point because he does make a lot of good passes from the pocket mm-hmm. but they ran a lot of read option this game so I was interested to see how much read option they actually ran because um, last time we saw a lot of read option was, uh, to me, when we saw it as like a staple in the offense, was RG3 his rookie year in Washington. Mm-hmm. I think since then we haven't seen a lot. I mean, Baltimore does a lot of read option, but that's a little bit different because to me they're kind of like a an option-type team, right? Yeah. You, when you have Lamar Jackson, that's kind of what you do. But when you got a guy like Jalen Hurts who is a traditional – pocket passer 
Um, it was interesting to see just how much read option they ran. Um, so yeah, like to your point, he is more of a pocket guy and he made the throw 77, um, completion percentage is not like some hobo number. Like that's a guy in the NFL. That is something to take notice of. So no, I definitely agree. And, you know, before we get on to the next topic, like I said, I'm just, we, we know who he is. He's, he's from Houston. He's from the Houston area. He, he, he's been a, he's been a leader since channel view. He's been a winner since Alabama. He's a guy that has the, his head on straight. He he knows what he's trying to do. He he puts the work in. Honestly, I feel like Philly was always the best city for him to go to. They love they love a guy that's committed to the team, to the city, and that's who he is. It's just can he go out there and get wins? That's what it's about. So, all right, let's go ahead and uh, move on to the Browns and the Chiefs. Now, lucky for me, I did not be a hater and did not pick the Browns because I was very close to picking the Browns and the Browns almost. Almost got him, but the Chiefs do what the Chiefs do, and that's went ahead and put out a, a very narrow victory in Arrow, not Arrowhead, the the stadium formerly known as Arrowhead, and um and and went ahead and, and got the job done ish. How you feel about your Chiefs? Um, I mean, I'm gonna keep it short and sweet. Uh, the secondary has played better. Ty- no Tyron Matthew though, so. Um, he normally makes a big difference in that secondary. He normally is around, you know, um, you know, instructing people, putting people in the right places, making plays himself. Um, so I'm waiting to see when he comes back, how it looks, the defense. I mean, it just was bad. It was poor. Frank Um, Clark, he was inactive as Royals, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, I've missed a lot of pieces on both sides of the ball. So it was one of those games where I felt like, you know, you won, you did what you're supposed to do. But if you were full strength, this game probably would have been different. I mean, it was concerning from the defensive standpoint, but uh, the positive definitely was they found a way to win, right? And just like we were talking about with the Bills, and like if you want to win a Super Bowl, if you want to be that team, you gotta you gotta find a way to win these types of games. Um, they found a way to win. Um, on the Brown side, I think it is, while it's very um, heartbreaking, it is very encouraging because they played well. Um, they didn't lose that game because they got outplayed or outclassed. They lost that game because of some mistakes here and there that they can clean up. And moving forward, I mean, if you're a Browns fan, you have to be excited. There, It's one of the reasons why I have them um, going pretty far this year. Uh, because, yeah, they just look like a team that's ready to compete. Um, and like I said with the Bills, I think it's a similar thing. They are going to have to lose some of these games in order to learn how to win these games, right? So I'd rather them start, I'd rather them lose now so that they learn that lesson. And by the time playoff time comes around, or by the time it gets later in the season and they're playing for the AFC North title, um, they're able to find a way to win those games. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was encouraging. Uh, for a Brown standpoint, but um, and encouraging from a Chiefs standpoint, except for the defense, I want to see some better um, play from the defense. We got to be able to play better if we want to make it back to the Super Bowl again. I mean, Patty Mahomes doing what Patty Mahomes does, just chunk it up there, Tyree Hill down there somewhere, you know, and and the Chiefs, um, you know, making a defensive stop like they always do with Sorison, uh, you know, tripping up Baker and, and throwing the interception. I mean, it looks like the Chiefs are AFC Championship bound again, once again, and and we'll see who's who's going to meet them there. The Bills, the Browns, Ravens, Raiders. Who knows? We'll, we'll see. All right, let's go ahead and move on. Yeah, I know, I know. I just had to throw it out there. 
the Packers and the Saints. Of course, we were split on this game as well. And I told y'all, I told y'all, if y'all tuned in Sunday morning, <laughs> if you can go ahead and you can go ahead and let the folks know, eat that W, baby, <laughs> eat that W, because Jameis Winston came out to ball, and he said, "Look, I'm gonna be back in Florida. I'm with my peoples." I've been crab legs before the before the game and after the game. So I'm gonna put on this five touchdown performance and went out here and slain that thing, but in a short yardage game, 148 yards past. <laughs> I'm slain that thing for five touchdowns. I'm gonna let y'all know that, hey, I'm here and I ain't going nowhere. And with that being said, Jameis, we're gonna see what you're doing the rest of the season because if you keep this up, not five touchdowns a game, that's not gonna happen. But if you can keep this up, like I said, that MVP look, just saying. Ish. I mean, yeah, it was very encouraging from the Saints. Uh they beat a, a, a team that a lot of people are expecting to go deep in the NFC uh playoffs. So to come out and make that kind of statement where it was supposed to be a home game, but it's not really a home game. I mean, that even more, it makes it all that more impressing uh, just to see that. Um, I mean, that was an impressive win for me. Uh, Jameis Win play, uh, Winston played well. Uh, this is one of the games where you got to tell fans, you got to tell everybody, like, let's just wait and see. Because the, the, the history of Jameis, yeah, you want to be excited. We're going off yeah, of history. You want to trust him. We ain't going off of history. Um, We're going off of this season. I know he got the LASIK eye surgery, so maybe it's it's different this time. Um, but you have me come. You gonna have me come on the show every week and be I like, I told be, you so. I don't. Want I to told be, you so. That's what you're gonna do. Excited. Huh? I want to. I want to wait. I want to see how he plays a little bit. I want to see a couple more games. I want to see how he plays against the Panthers next week. I want to see how he plays against. Um, the Patriots in week three when Bill Belichick, you know, get, got schemes going, right? Like the next two games are on the road. If he plays well in those two games, then I think, yeah, we're probably looking at like, hey, New Orleans is going to be really scary. That defense, though, if the defense plays like that, yo, Tampa, Tampa, y'all, gonna have to, y'all are going to have to uh, maybe pump your brakes on thinking that y'all just going to go and waltz into the Super Bowl again because – New Orleans got a defense ready to play. It really is going to come down to, I think, Jameis Winston. I, well, I that's really what think I, Jameis that's why I said come down I, to. I wanted to pick the Saints to win the division. I just I couldn't do it because the Bucks are coming off of a Super Bowl win, bringing back everybody. That's what I was worried about. But in the regular season, the Saints are the Saints do what they do in the regular season. They gonna get to the playoffs. Just when they get to the playoffs, it's, it's a whole other ball game. But for this season, again, if if James can keep doing what he's doing, the reason why I'm not talking about the Packers right now because the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to call that game a mulligan. That's what I'm yeah, going to do. I mean, I mean, that's I a mulligan. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers has that privilege and that luxury for us to look at Aaron Rodgers and say, you know what? No, we're not even going to count that. Mm-mm. No, I agree. We'll see. We'll see you week two, Aaron. Well, you're you're fine. Boat. Like, yep. All right. If this was Kirk Cousins, if this is Kirk Cousins or any other bum quarterbacks, we'll 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 talk about it differently. But Aaron Rodgers, you're fine with us. You're fine. But shout out to Jameis. We're gonna go ahead and move on to the next topic at hand: the Giants and the Broncos. I'm very. The reason why I'm very disappointed in this game is because my boy Ishmael didn't pick his boy Teddy two gloves. 
and have faith in his boy Teddy Two Glove like I did. And I knew my boy Teddy was going to come in because apparently for some reason it's thought because 9-11 is going to help the Giants. Mm-mm, not today. And if you want to be technical, 9-11, or sorry, 9-12 didn't help any of the New York teams. All three of the teams went 0-3. So that didn't help at all. But anyways, the Broncos came in and took care of business. And Teddy Two Gloves maybe might be able to be in the running for most no. improved. No. I'm just saying. No. A little something. Some I mean, award. I don't know. Some. Pro so Bowl, maybe? I, I'm pretty sure Teddy, he watched the pre, he watched the preview show. Of course he, he did. Me, of course he did. He was talking all the mess about him. And so he decided he wanted to show me a little something. But guess what? Unfortunately for them, Jerry Judy got hurt. And he out for a couple of weeks. Yeah, so we'll see how it too. goes moving forward for Teddy Two Gloves. Um, but, hey, if Teddy Two uh, like in all seriousness, if he continues to play like this, you should be scared of the Broncos because the Broncos have a really good defense. Exactly. Um, but it's just always been that that quarterback play, Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. I mean, the AFC West is looking pretty uh Drew Locke ain't getting that right play. Now. Drew Locke ain't getting that starting spot no more. Oh, no, no, no. He's not 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 after that's, that. That's uh, Teddy but, Two Gloves. But, again, hurt. that's another one of those pump the brakes because – Teddy Two Gloves, we all know how he is. Some some games he'll come out and throw it. That I mean, this game he looked like the Teddy Two Gloves that went five zero oh, with yes, the Saints. Sir. Yes, sir. Um, next week he probably gonna look like the Teddy Two Gloves that uh, was terrible with the Panthers. So we're gonna have to wait and see on that one. I'm definitely not just gonna you know jump up and be all excited for him. Uh, but yeah, he played well. He, he threw, he threw, he slain that thing. He did slain that thing. He did. Um, I was he surprised. Did. He was actually slaying it down the field. Um, but we're, uh, I'm just going to pump the brakes on that one. 255, that was good. Um, a lot of rushing yards. Melvin Gordon looked really good. So that's something to be excited about. That's what happened. If, he kept them dreads off. That was, that was weighing them down. <laughs> he kept them dreads off. That boy out here flying again. I see it. Yeah, I, we'll see. Let's go ahead and move on to the next game, the Dolphins and the Patriots, which was, of course, the debut of Mac Jones with the New England Patriots and the Dolphins. And the Dolphins came in here and stole one from the New England Patriots like I felt like they would, one by a point, 17-16-ish. Was you pleased with Mac Jones' performance? Mm, I mean, it was okay. Uh, 29 for 39. Uh, 281 and a touchdown, no interceptions. I mean, it was typical game manager type of game. Like, it wasn't anything, like, spectacular, but it wasn't anything. There wasn't really anything that was horrible, right? Um, I, I think he played, like, a, a solid game. 74% um, completion percentage is really good. Uh, so you like to see it. But um, we'll just have to – time will tell. We'll have to wait and see. Um, it wasn't a horrible loss. The The Dolphins barely missed the playoffs last year, so um, it's not like you lost to a scrub. It hurts that it's a division team. But if you can get that kind of performance from Mac Jones in his first game of the season, and if I told you he would perform that way in the first game of the season and you're Bill Belichick, I think you take it. Because I oh, think yeah. at the end oh, of yeah. the day, um, you're ex- only expecting him to get better, right? And if oh, he's yeah. getting better from this, then, uh, yeah, they're – they should be able to compete in the AFC East. Um, now, what that means, if that means making the playoffs, I don't know for a fact. But um, I do know that it wasn't too bad for him. Um, it wasn't too bad um, for Tua either. Tua showed me a little bit, but I'm still not getting too excited about Tua because 
he showed some of these, um, you know, highlights last year. And then Fitzmagic had to bail him out. So I'm going to have to wait and see what he does. It's going to be an interesting matchup for the Patriots next week because this rookie quarterback versus rookie quarterback, they're going to go play the Jets. Mm -hmm. So they open with two division games Mm -hmm. right off the bat, and uh, they definitely want to bounce back on that one. I expect Mac to win that one um, between he and Zach Wilson because Mac just looked better than Zach Wilson in the first game. Lee also says – Mac Jones looked the best and most poised out of the rookie quarterbacks. Hard to not be a game management manager when Nelson Aguilar is your number one wide receiver. Um, Definitely understand that too. And I'll just have a quick little say on Mac Jones. I honestly felt like he played, you know, like the Patriots wanted him to play. You know, he wanted to make sure that he didn't mess up the game for him. No turnovers. Uh, don't be the reason why we lose the game. And like you said, Ish, I mean, if this is something that they can build off of, you know, this is a good thing for Bill Belichick and the rest of the Patriots as an organization. But I also will say as well, too, is what are y'all as the organization looking for this season? Are y'all trying to win the division? Are y'all trying to make the playoffs? Are y'all trying like, what is y'all's expectation with Mac Jones as a rookie quarterback? Because... Like I told you in the on, on the Sunday show, this Dolphins team was full of was was filled with a couple of Patriot play, uh, players that used to play for Bill Belichick, of course. And I felt like this win was more f- for that Dolphins confidence to to show themselves that we can win. Like last year wasn't just a fluke, right? Like we can go and win anywhere, anytime against anybody. And I think this was a really good win for them and their confidence moving forward. And I'm very excited to see what the Miami Dolphins have for a, as a team moving forward. All right, let's go ahead and finish this off for our weekly pickums, the Sunday night football game, the Bears and the Rams. Of course, we were all in on the Rams. And if you watch this game, hey, this game pretty much went the way everybody expected it to go. And that is Mr. Matt Stafford making his Rams debut throwing a beautiful, uh, having a beautiful passing debut. And, of course, on the other side, Mr. Andy Dalton out here being Andy Dalton. And, of course, uh, Justin Fields came in, had a couple of passes thrown, also was able to rush in for a rushing touchdown as well. With that being said, Ish, how long until the Bears say, Justin Fields, it's your time? I mean, I'm wondering the same thing. I, I was wondering why in that game they didn't just let Justin Fields take over. Uh, Andy Dalton showed exactly what Andy Dalton has showed for the past couple of years. Andy Dalton is a decent quarterback. He's not the starting quarterback, for, and he should not be the starting quarterback for the Bears. I don't know why the Bears continue with this nonsense. Like, I at this point, I think they're purposely doing it just to spite everyone because everyone is in agreement that Justin Fields is better than Andy Dalton and should be the guy there. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, they got Cincinnati next week at home. If they lose to Cincinnati at home, do you then go ahead and give it to Andy Dalton? Um, probably. Um, I mean, Justin Fields, probably not because maybe you don't want to throw Justin Fields to the wolves uh, against Cleveland on the road in week three. I just don't know. I'm assuming week four is when they're going to do it because they play the Lions at home. So That'd be a perfect time to do it. I guess, yeah. yeah, week four against the Lions at home is when they'll give Justin Fields the keys. But um, 
it was standard from the Rams. The Rams look dangerous. Uh, a definite upgrade with Matt Stafford as quarterback. So uh, look out for the Rams in the NFC um, West. But um, for the Bears, my one takeaway was I don't want to watch Andy Dalton. Why did I have to watch Andy Dalton in prime time? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, there's really not too much to talk about. More so, of course, on the Rams than the Bears. Um, I, I want to talk, honestly, more about that beautiful new SoFi Stadium more than I want to talk about the, uh, oh, yeah. the Chicago it Bears. wonderful. To be completely honest. But um, the Bears, man, I mean, I, I agree with you. Um, when Andy Dahl was in, they were looking very basic bears ish and when justin fields came in they looked like a completely different offense and i'm not and i'm not just saying this because i you know i want just to start i'm saying it because this is what i saw and if he's able to continue to continue to do that justin fields and also i don't know about you ish but it looks like the offense and the team rallies around this guy you know when he scored that touchdown everybody oh yeah you know and, and they were only down by a touchdown at that time when he scored so i was thinking like you why don't you keep him in maybe have an opportunity to win that game they lost by 20. It they, makes pro- they probably they probably might not have lost by 20 if Justin Fields was starting maybe the whole game i i think the plan is like i said i think the plan i think they have a set plan in mind they want to give it to him in week four against the lions i think i just it think that's sense. the plan that they have in mind at this point I mean, it makes they sense. must have a plan it makes sense. All right, let's go ahead and get to the graphic and let everybody know the record at the moment after week one. Clearly, our, I don't know what I'm talking about. Of our NFL 2021 pick'em at the moment, I am leading ten to six, and Ish is at five hundred with eight and eight. It's all good. It's just one week. Nobody's going to bury you. You're fine. We're going. We're going. We're going to keep it moving. Just one week. All right. And, of course, if y'all want to keep up with that, we will post all of our scores on our Instagram and Facebook pages for that. Um, we will also want to talk about our one topic for the night before we talk about our fantasy league. And we'll let y'all go for the night. We appreciate everybody, as always, for tuning in. And this, the topic we have for the night, what is the bigger story? And everybody that's tuning in, please let us know. The NFC West going 4-0, the AFC West going 4-0, or the NFC North Going 0-4-ish, hit me with your best shot. Mm, I think the AFC West going 4-0. Uh, I definitely think it's the AFC West going 4-0, only considering the Raiders beat a really good team in the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, you got the Chargers who beat a really good team in Washington football team. Um, the Chiefs beat a really good team in the Cleveland Browns. I mean – the AFC West, and then you got the Broncos, of course, who won their game, um, not against a really good team, but they won their game against uh, the G-Men. So I think the AFC West, this could be the year where you see a little bit of pressure starting to get put on the Chiefs. Um, I am expecting a lot from the Chargers. I've already said that they should um, pressure them, but you may see a little bit more from the Raiders, maybe. They found a way to win that game on Monday night. If they can continue in that manner, uh, it wasn't the cleanest of games, but if they can find a way to win some of these games, squeak them out, um, who knows what they could uh, look like going into the end of the season. And then the Broncos, they've always had a really good defense. It's always been that quarterback play. We saw what happened when they had Peyton Manning, a quarterback that was actually able to do some things. Uh, They went all the way to the Super Bowl. So um, if Teddy Two Gloves is able to consistently play like this, kind of similar to what he did in New Orleans. 
uh, yeah, the Broncos could also make noise. So, I mean, the NFC West, we all expected that. And again, with the NFC North, I think we all know that the NFC North isn't the strongest division. Um, the one surprise from that was the Packers and the way that they got beat. But outside of that, much of what happened to the NFC North was expected, right? No, I definitely agree with you on that part. So since you're taking the AFC West, I will take the NFC West, not because of the surprise that everyone won, but I would say more than anything, the way that they won. So you have, of course, the Seahawks taking care of business in Minneapolis. I'm sorry, in Indianapolis, I apologize, taking uh, beating the Colts the way that they did. You have the Cardinals putting a stomping on the Tennessee Titans. Uh, you have the Rams taking care of business on Sunday Night Football. And you also have um, – I'm missing the other team. I apologize. The uh, the 49ers. Thank you. The 49ers taking care of business against the Lions. And even though, of course, those foes weren't, you know, uh, playoff teams as in the Lions, it, it, it just goes to show everyone what we were talking about before the season even started when it comes to this comp, this division – being what we expected it to be, a hard-nosed, rough-and-tough type of division throughout the rest of the season to where either minimum two teams, there are going to be two teams that come from that from that division. There could be three, and who knows, there could be four. And if it's all four, that's something that's never happened in NFL ever. That's something that we can, you know, hopefully see some history happen. And if that happens, that would be pretty cool. But that also goes to show you how strong that division is. So I'm excited to watch that division. I'll go to the comment section right quick. Christine says her division was the, I mean, her bigger story was the North going on four. So it looks like everybody has, you know, a little say in, you know, the, the big story for this week. Um, but, hey, like we said, it's just week one. Let's all pump the brakes and we'll, and we'll see what happens moving forward. So let's go ahead and get into Speaking our... Speaking of it's just week one, pump Exactly. The Thank you very much for that, Ish, <laughs> because we're going to go right into our fantasy football standings for the moment. And just like it is in the uh, NFL uh, the, uh, conference, the NFC is very strong in ours. And at the moment, it looks like uh, Kiss the Baby, a.k.a. Ishmael Sirion, is in dead last. You all right over there? You, you okay? You awake? I don't even want to talk about okay. it. Trust just the make, process. Just, just checking uh, it's this week one. Pump the brakes. Don't overreact. Uh, we're a young squad. Uh, building for the future. What What are the other cliche things? There you go, General Manager. Say? Yeah, keep going. Keep uh, going, man. <laughs> <laughs> when, when the team not performing, we're on the uh, We're on to uh, what? Buffalo or Baltimore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On to, uh, on to Baltimore. Um Anything can happen. I mean, yeah, all those things, man. All those things. All right. Well, we appreciate that, General Manager Sirian. And uh, at the moment, on NFC side, coming in first is Club Shay Shay. Number two, Smokey Joe. Number three, Bishop Sycamore. Number four, Brady's Mavericks. Five, Bay Area Bully. And, of course, Kiss the Baby. Dead last. In the AFC Conference, Thanos was right. Colonel Flanders Chicken. That Man Dooley. B. Rocca. See these nuts, and of course, our friend at just another football show, just another title run, and dead last over there. Alrighty then, as we said, it's hey, we was going to recap the games. We're also going to recap these fantasy teams and fantasy uh, games. And I do want to note, X is not lying when he says dead last because my team scored the lowest point. <laughs> 
Yes, they did. And I'm happy. I'm before and before we go as well. I just want to also bring up uh, the awards as well for <laughs> the fans football. So the best manager was that man Dooley. The worst manager was B Rocka. The biggest blowout was Club Shay Shay over CD's nuts. The narrowest victory was Thanos was right over that man Dooley. The highest score was Club Shay Shay. The lowest score was Kiss the Baby, aka Ishmael. Overachiever was Thanos was right, and below expectation was Call Me Ishmael. So with that being said, like I said, like we said all all episode long, this is week one. Let's not overreact. Yeah, let's not overreact. Let's get man. into week two so we can overreact. Let's wait yes. till we get to week two. Yes. So we have two games in us, then we can overreact. No, but but on but seriously though, um this is gonna be like I said last season, gonna happen last season. It's gonna be a very long but quick season. By the time we look up, it'll be week fourteen. And we'll be like, where did time just go? But it went by slow slash fast. And uh, let's just enjoy the season. Hey, this is this is this is always fun. This is great. I appreciate everybody as always for tuning in. I appreciate you, Ish, for being here. And uh, we appreciate everybody on the podcast that's gonna be listening in on this as well that don't want to see our ugly faces. Yeah, we appreciate it all, man. Um, thank you all for the support as usual. Um, and uh, you know, we'll see you again on uh, on Sunday morning. Uh, until real quick before we go, X, yes, sir. we might as well go ahead and make our Thursday pick. Oh, um, okay. I didn't know you want to do it right now. Go ahead and drop it on the boys. I mean, or or we can wait. Y'all can look wait. for the y'all can look wait for the for social. This. Look for it okay. on the social. Say put it on the social. There you go. All right. We're gonna, we're gonna Actually, make I'm gonna graphic. make my pick because I I just realized who's playing. And it's Washington Football Team versus the G Man. NFL, stop, 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 stop. With this. There are gonna be there are gonna be some bad primetime games on in week two. Oh, know stop right this now. nonsense, man! Please, I don't even want to watch this. But uh, I'm gonna go ahead and pick Washington football team because there is no other team to pick. I'm very scared because I feel like this is a game the Washington football team supposed to win, but for some reason the Giants are gonna win this game. No, I don't know, but I'm gonna wait till Thursday to make my pick. So. Y'all check us out on our social media pages. We'll have our little gra- graphic to let y'all know who we pick for that Thursday night game. But until then, we will see y'all on Sunday, 10 o'clock in the morning, to uh, let y'all know, of course, about the uh, pregame for week two. Until then, thank y'all very much. See y'all next time on X Talking News. See you.